Welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. My name is Lauren. And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking. We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love. Stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our faith. We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Emily Sauer. She is a sprightly entrepreneur who has always been passionate about creating catalysts that spark human connection while developing Onut, an intimate wearable designed to help women and couples who experience deep dyspareunia. She co-founded the Lady Bits League, founded the Pain Perception Project, and is now launching Pelvic Gym to connect people and professionals from all over the sexual and pelvic health world through education and story. Emily has redefined her life as a proud entrepreneur, maker, community leader, and sexual health advocate. Emily, welcome to the podcast. My goodness, no pressure. Gosh, I wish that was someone else's bio and I could just take a nap. (laughs) I know, girl, you're busy. Oh, I mean, listen, you got to spend the time in a way that feels good these days. And I feel very grateful to Uh, have the job that I have right now. That's awesome. We love to hear that. We love to hear that. Well, I mean, let's just start at the beginning. I think uh, we'd like to hear from you about uh, how, how you how you were raised. Did your parents raise you to be a little sexual health advocate or or did that happen later on? Oh, uh, I don't think they meant to, but <laughs> looking back, you know, you like Malcolm Gladwell, you're like, you're like, how in the world did I end up here? Because no one saw it coming. My dad was pissed when I first told my parents about the idea. He's like, I'd rather you do anything else other than make a sex toy. Oh my gosh. It, it took a while before they really came around. So to answer the question that you asked, like, how was I raised? Was I raised to be a sexual health advocate? Um, <laughs> The answer to that is my parents didn't hide the conversation about sex from my brother and I. I have an older brother. Mm. In fact, um, they they never really sat us down and had like, this is how penetration works. Uh, We did, you know, I I saw American Pie with my mom Mm. back in the day. And I remember she went to a parent-teacher association conference when I was in high school and all the parents were up in arms about uh, privacy and, and kids watching really sexual TV shows and how everyone was really, uh, all of the parents were offended that, that their kids were exposed to such, um, blatant sexual sexuality and coming of age content. And, and my mom raised her hand during that meeting and she was like, I watched American pie with my daughter and we had a great time. And yeah. um, and so, you know, even though I didn't really talk about my own sexual experience with my folks, it was very much a part of life, mm, really. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. And I, I w- yeah, yeah. So it was like super normalized for you in, in your growing up. Normalized 
uh, and oh, gosh, I mean, there's so many different facts, facets to sexual health and sexual advocacy. True. Like I could come out with, you know, and because clearly I created a product where there's a very large need around painful sex and mm. even advocating for oneself in the doctor's office. Right. Um, so clearly there were still some cultural elements missing from my sexual upbringing. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So were you raised, you know, a lot of things that we talk about here, we talk about faith and religion and we talk about purity culture and, um, are you, were you raised with, um, any sort of purity culture teachings or modesty culture teachings? Uh, no, I, 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 I Good wasn't. For Good for you. Good for you. I'm grateful for that. But you know, um, I think to each their own. I, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who, who were raised with certain sexual constraints and have really had a sexual awakening since then. And it's, it's a lot, it's a, a very emotional process. Even mm-hmm. it's a very physiological process as right. well. We have a ton of people coming to Onut. Um, from conservative religious backgrounds or even from those people who've just waited until marriage to have sex. Um, Because when there's so much pressure built up around that time period of waiting or there's like a guilt associated with it, then the body responds very differently. Yeah. Um, So, but, but as for my upbringing, uh, I was raised Jewish. I actually, my, my dad's parents were both in the Holocaust and because in the very early years, like they're, their home was set on fire and they had to, wow. you know, they, they lost a lot of their siblings. A lot of my family isn't alive because they were killed. So Jeez. in our upbringing, that sense of family and procreation is actually very important. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that is very, um, nuanced. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, for sure. Uh, well, and like before, before we even get any further, for those who don't know what Onut is, oh yeah, can you, can you <laughs> tell us what that is? <laughs> hey, put the cart before the horse on that one. Uh, Onut, Onut's my baby. Yeah. I haven't had any kids yet, but it is. I have spent a lot of <laughs> lost sleep hours working on Onut. It is a uh, it's a series of really stretchy and squishy rings mm. that allow couples to customize penetration depth. Cool. So for anyone who experiences that that deep pain when penetration goes too deep, oh no, it, it just really opens up a dialogue it, and it acts like a little bumper kind of outside yeah. of the body so that both partners can finally find that sense of trust within each other and then just relax and yeah. enjoy. I love that. And for our listeners, uh, we have a we have a product review for you. <laughs> no, we actually Adam and I use have used it, and it's really helpful for us. Um, we I've talked about it now with several friends. And who who is your main? Um, I don't know if clientele is the right word, but who is this made for? Who is this really designed for? Who who is in mind whenever you created this? I. I well, oh my gosh, to be totally honest, me. I was in mind when I created it. <laughs> That's great. I love it. <laughs> and, and even to answer your question, it's like, who is this made for? You know, so much of what's miss- missing in our sexual dialogue right now is how to actually um, 
to take care of our health, really. It's a lot of people who come to us have ne- and never talked to a doctor who's actually helpful, who are, who've been looking for a diagnosis forever, who are looking online for products that are helpful, and they're left to find cock rings that are made to make a penis bigger for their performance level. Right. Or even like pillows that could potentially help, but ultimately they're marketed for deeper penetration. Mm. It's, it's, it's even hard to identify who Onut is made for because it's so helpful in so many different contexts, not to mention that in the process of really trying to figure out what complications exist in the pelvis, the longer it takes to figure it out, the more complicated it gets. So to even isolate it to like X, Y, Z, it's, it's almost impossible because of the delay in action. Yeah. And I was on your, um, website and looking at, you know, do you have pelvic pain? Do you have discomfort? You know, do you have discomfort during intercourse? And there was this really long list of so many reasons why it could be Mm. possible that you have discomfort during intercourse. And for me, I, I grew up in a medical family and there, I literally didn't even know most of the things that were listed. Like I hadn't even heard of them before. And I myself have a vagina (laughs) and I didn't even know so many of those things. And so it was, it's, it's surprising how much we don't know about our own bodies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's also unfortunate that they've named them like the most God awful names on the planet. (laughs) It's like, it's like they couldn't have picked like more attractive names for these complications. And then maybe we (laughs) want to learn about them. Like, like where's the marketing person in these diagnostic (laughs) Like. It's true. Well, and then, and then the other thing, it's really interesting. One of the largest audiences that we see comes from folks who make the assumption that sex is painful because a partner is too big. Because we've culturally oriented around male size. Yeah. The only thing that we could possibly think of as being the cause of painful sex is male size. And, and, and ultimately the buck stops there. There's actually no further action to seek out medical support or try to find any of those diagnoses. There's a, there's actually a, like a complacency in actually asking what's happening in the receiving partner's body. Yeah. Um, that's, yes. that's interesting. I mean, I myself have gone through that. <laughs> so to open yeah. it up and we've talked about th- this is what we do here on this podcast. We, we share, sure. we share too much. TMI is all we're, we're about. And for us, I'm on board. <laughs> when we first when we first started having intercourse, Adam and I, I it was very difficult. We were each other's first, so I hadn't experienced intercourse. Um, neither of us had experienced intercourse before each other, so mm-hmm. I didn't know any other body than Adam's, right. and he didn't know any other body than mine. So, yeah. of course, everything was um, very new and confusing because Mm -hmm. for me, I, at first I thought there were so many things wrong with me and there was no, basically no information out there. And I was like, could it be, I mean, the list is so long. I I was looking everywhere. And then again, when I was looking on your website today, I still found things that I didn't find three, four, five years ago on the internet. And so it's amazing what you do. You, you're at, you are advocating for sexual health, but you're also educating Um, and that is so, so, so important. So anyway, I go into, you know, looking and researching what is wrong with me. And of course I learn later on that it is true that Adam is 
well-endowed human being. <laughs> and so that is valid in our experience. Um, yeah. And Adam yeah. sitting over here, like, how do I react to this? But it's just the truth. It's just bodies. It's just anatomy. And yeah, I, you know, I think having hearing you even say that, hearing you even talk about, well, we just like, you know, leave it at that. Right. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes that's not all that there is to it. And um, of course, I'll be like moving forward and maybe talking to a um, at my next appointment and asking some of the questions that you uh, posed in the uh, what is what is the other thing the pelvic um, the pain perception project yes the pain perception yeah. project I did that this morning I did the little quiz um, which actually go ahead and tell our listeners what that what it entails yeah yeah so the, the pain perception project really came out of this need to facilitate conversation between patient and provider. Because so often patients want their provider to bring up questions about sexual health. Meanwhile, less than 40% of GYNs actually bring it up. And there was even a study that said uh, a quarter, a quarter of OBGYNs self-reported being disapproving of their patient's sexual habits. Yeesh. Wow. So, and and like, you know what it's like when you go into the doctor's office Mm -hmm. and they hand you a little clipboard with like, how many times have you been pregnant? Like, do you have any STIs? Like all of these questions where you're like, oh my God, I'm questioning all of my life decisions. And this person (laughs) might think I'm terrible. And it's amazing that we want to lie. Right. Like downright lie to the one person who we're supposed to trust the most. Yep. And that person who we're supposed to trust the most doesn't have the education to help. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what are we left with? Left. I mean, I I don't know how to change the system. If you know, please let me know. (laughs) (laughs) So if we can at least offer that education and with the pain perception project, it's basically an online intake form that guides users through questions about public health and public history while also being inclusive of sexual health questions and life quality questions. Because mm. a lot of times we might not want to take drastic measures to in, in like Western medicine, or we might just want to be able to do this very specific thing. And doctors oftentimes don't ask that in a 15 minute appointment. Right. So this is like a series of questions that you can print, print out and bring with you to that doctor's appointment to facilitate. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yeah, and it was it was extremely detailed questions that I wouldn't even have considered thinking of the answers to. Um, I think. Can I ask which ones? Which ones? Um, let's see. I guess one of the ones was the asking how it affects like your just your day to day life, like mm. not not just like sexual. It, when you're having sexual like intercourse or anything like that, like how it affects your friendships. And I was like, what? I didn't think anything about that. And then it was like, does this affect your relationship intimately with your partner or romantically with your partner? I'm like, oh, interesting. Yes. Or wearing tight pants. How do things feel during that? I don't know. Just things that I would mm-hmm. forget to ask or bring up to a doctor. Cause one, if you just live with things all the time, you just forget, mm-hmm. you just don't yeah. think about it. And it's mm-hmm. the questions were just detailed and, 
not not that they were random, but in a way, be, they were new questions to me. So it felt random, but it was good information to be able to bring to a doctor. So after I took the quiz, you know, asked for my email and then I went to my email, got the results. It was a PDF that had to have a password for so nobody else could see my information. So that was great. Mm-hmm. And then it has, you know, the answers to my questions written out very it looked very medical, which was great because then mm-hmm. it's it's good for to bring in to your doctor. So it already has the answers to the questions that they probably wouldn't even ask you, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the goal. Um, a lot of effort went into the design of that printout because you know when there's too much information, a doctor's like, nah, yeah, you know, they they just don't <laughs> pay attention to it. So right. and that's a lot of the effort we into the the language, the marketing, everything we do is just made to be easy to understand and friendly because it's quite scary if you think about it when you don't when you don't know what you're looking for and you don't have the vocabulary to to distill the answers into something helpful it's just like the first inclination at least for me was to reject a lot of that information Mm. yeah um yeah so i'm 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 grateful that you that you like went through the whole thing and that you like the the printout (laughs) i did i I do my research (laughs) i think that's awesome i mean it gives you the opportunity to like kind of divorce yourself from the emotions of having that conversation with your doctor because like you were talking about right like the doctors still live in a culture that is based on christian morals or beliefs or purity culture ideologies where it's Mm -hmm. still uncomfortable to have that conversation with your doctor and so if you're able to just you're able to have your time at home by yourself, be completely yeah. honest with yourself mm-hmm. and then provide that information to your doctor without having to see their reaction. Every time you tell them sexual intercourse happens X amount of times a week for me mm-hmm. and with X amount of partners. And, yeah. and you don't, you don't have to sit there and deal with, with the emotional responses of your medical provider or your own emotional res- right. like reactions yeah. to even saying the words out loud because yeah. I know that you just read them. Yeah, right. I know that's a thing for me. I get, I'm already so anxious when I go into the doctor. My emotions are already high. And then if I bring up an issue that I'm having, it's vulnerable. It's really vulnerable, which. Well, and I think around women's health too, doctors tend to be in a place of disbelief generally. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. get, I get to, you know, personally for me, I've gotten dismissed a lot because, you know, I say you're young. They say, they say you're young. You're really tiny. And so it's fine. It'll pass. Oh, no. Right. No. <laughs> oh, no. That hurts me so much. I, the thing is, though, it's like, wh- why? The question is actually, why are we being dismissed? Mm. And the the truth is that they, they actually don't cover a lot of different, like the, the differential diagnoses of sexual pain. Um, in med school, you actually have to go to a fellowship to act, to learn the full breadth of processes to help Mm. and the other thing is is that you know the toolkit that doctors have again is the western medicine they've got surgery there's medication and because of the compounding nature of pelvic pain it if they're not incentivized to actually help right like when a gyn hears pelvic pain i've I've literally asked them and they're like they they sigh and they're like oh like one of those like people again you know it's like it's it's hard they don't have the tools to actually fix it. And doctors like fixing things. So when you're presented with a pelvic pain case, it's much easier to just dismiss and push people out the door. Right. And then what does that do to us emotionally? And exactly. Right. Does that just exacerbate the problem? Right. Because they- Yeah. It, 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 what do we do? What are we left with other than internalizing that 
shame, you know, that it's our problem and not theirs. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, you know, I feel like there is so many people, so many of us deal with things within, you know, our, our, even in our own bodies, no matter where, what is going on, we have so much more things in common than we ever know. Um, and I feel like there nowadays, and especially with the podcast, I feel like I'm having a lot more open conversations with people who have experienced pain or do experience pain on a day, a daily thing. Um, and it's, it's not that rare to deal with this, but it also shouldn't be where we settle either. Right. We we shouldn't settle for pain. And, you know, I was taught within the confines of, of religion that you just kind of, as a, for me in a, in a heterosexual relationship, you just deal, you know, I was taught that the wife just deals (laughs) in the Christian, uh, marriage. And that's just not, that's, that's not healthy for for anyone. And it's, and it's, Mm. it's really messed up. (laughs) And there was a season of having to deal with that. Actually having intercourse is what led us to a, to deconstruction of our faith as a whole. Um, and again, that's, that's more of the, the general of what our podcast is about is how we've kind of broken down a lot of things that we were taught in our faith, um, and in our religious upbringing and talking about our sexual lives and our sexual relationship was one of the things that brought up a lot more conversations. And I think there's power in community too. I mean, 100%. I mean, it's actually, you just like took my heart and just beat it for me. Um, (laughs) Because one of the things, I mean, you asked me about my upbringing and I I grew up with a pretty feminist mom and and like relatively liberal parents. And, you know, and I mentioned we watched like American Pie. We also watched Pretty Woman, which is technically about Julia Roberts as a prostitute coming into her power as a woman. And I never watched that movie as a kid. I didn't know what sex was. I didn't know what prostitution was. I was like, oh, she's just dressed differently. Um, And then you see this woman really like learn to trust herself and believe in herself so that she could reach her fullest potential. Um, My mom in her feminist ways was always like, you are the strong one. You are, you need to be strong. If ever I was sick and I didn't want to go to school, she was like, well, if you're not throwing up, you're going to go to school. If you don't have a fever above a hundred, you're going to school. Like, it was almost like I, like, I just, like literally what you said, I just had to deal with it Mm. because I needed to not be a weak woman. Yeah. And so even though our religious backgrounds are different, that, the role of a woman in a hetero relationship or even just women in general Mm. is to minimize pain. Yeah. For sure. So we've kind of talked about now that Mm -hmm. ONUT is is in existence and it's, and it's been helping people, but what was the process like for you creating it? Because I mean, clearly it's a product. It's, you don't have the final product when you start. So like you Mm. started somewhere and you had, I would imagine some sort of test group what was, what was, <laughs> what is that like? Like creating something that basically doesn't exist and, and talking to and marketing to uh, a community that has been basically unheard because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's pitching toward more, more depth and more intensity in sexual relationships. 
What's that like walking through something so new with, I would imagine, being a small group of people? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful question. Uh, even before then, I had to figure out if the product worked for me. Yeah. Uh, and for 10 years, I never mentioned to anyone, including any partner who I had been with, that sex was painful in certain positions. I would just verbal, like non-verbally my, maneuver my way into mm. alternate scenarios. I would, like, if something hurt, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use my mouth. I would just like move around. Right. And, and, and finally, and it was fine. Like I got, I got by, no one really knew it didn't really matter. I'm a confident sexual being. Everything is wonderful <laughs> <laughs> until, until, yeah, until it wasn't wonderful anymore. Yeah. Uh, during a particularly stressful time in my life, I was in a relatively unhealthy relationship with a wonderful person. And every time we had sex, I, I felt so much pressure mm. to feel pleasure Yeah, that, that my body just re- rebelled against me. I, I, sex was infinitely more painful. And, and with every jolt of pain, I felt just like a failure. Like I wasn't, I wasn't the woman I wanted to be. I wasn't the partner I identified as. I wasn't confident. I, I didn't know what was going on, and I had zero tools to do anything about it. I just hated everything about myself at that mm. time. Yeah. Um, and you know, and and it was at that point I had reached out to doctors. I had looked on the internet for solutions. I, I tapped out every resource that I thought I had until I finally couldn't do nothing anymore. So. I went on Amazon and I ordered like a, like, I mean, I, I had this idea to put a, a pink frosted donut around a penis to customize <laughs> penetration depth. Like, cause maybe if my partner doesn't go in, so, but like, it's like you, you, on one hand, I'm just like depressed and sad and frustrated and angry and all of these desperate emotions. Yeah. And then pink lands, donut. and then pink frosted donut. <laughs> I love it. It's like, like why, what on earth it is like the, the blaring light at the end of a tunnel. And I was like, I am just going to chase that light until something happens. Mm. And I remember the first time I tried it, I was expecting pain because that was the one relationship with certain positions that I had and in the body that I had in the, in the head that was just unhappy mm. and it didn't. Yeah. It, it, it just, it sex didn't hurt. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, my body is fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I can feel like my partner's body and we're moving together. And, and uh, it was all of a sudden like, like, this is incredible. What's possible now? What can I do? Who am I? And I had this wave of, of relief and excitement and like possibility that was not even I didn't even think I deserved that. Mm. And all of a sudden I was just fully embodying who I, who I really identified as. Mm. And even though I was in a failing relationship and that moment in time was with someone who I loved dearly, but didn't, knew I wasn't going to stay with. There was a, there was a renewed sense of self that, that led me to just, tell everyone in my whole life that sex had been painful for me. And I came up with this pink frosted donut thing. <laughs> right. Right. And um, well, that's, I mean, that's the thing though, too. Like 
I feel like so many people don't don't know the light at the end of the tunnel, and so therefore they don't have the confidence to tell everybody about their pain. And yeah, and that, tell anybody. And that's where and and that's where people just settle, and that's sad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You just think that this is the way that it's going to be forever. My body's going to be like this forever. Yeah. My relationship's going to be like this forever, and it does not have to be that way. It yeah. really doesn't. Um. Yeah. And and so, uh, Adam, to your question, what was it like? having that initial group of people to test it out, it was so much fun (laughs) because people, you know what? It's like, you guys are doing this. You guys are unlocking the door for so many people, a door that's been closed forever. Yeah. And what comes out when you just crack that door open a tiny bit, the door gets kicked open the rest of the way. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's so Um, fun. So you were just able to like give the product to your friends be like hey try this out yeah. let me know your thoughts mm-hmm. yeah so you were the, the cool I, uh, friend with the cool friend. <laughs> <laughs> well I like I like to kind of push people's boundaries in general just in terms of going to see music that you wouldn't normally see or maybe doing like an improv thing in a park that's kind of weird or like giving out stickers to people like I generally <laughs> like uh, feel good social interactions and yeah this one felt it didn't feel like I was talking about painful sex I didn't feel embarrassed yeah I was literally just sharing an experience that I now had confidence around and that confidence was met with confidence and curiosity so so those you know and and then just figuring out like um (laughs) the actual mechanics of it uh because you know you had to talk to both partners it wasn't just right a woman trying to manage a problem by herself it was just this is now has to be a conversation yeah and to see what people did with that right um and I love the the verbiage that you use and it's all over the site and the social media I love that you know it's it's inclusive and Mm. you um use words like you know your penetrating partner Mm -hmm. will wear Mm -hmm. this because it's it's just so much more um it's it's more open it's more it's for everyone Oh, not yeah. can be for everyone. Sex is for everyone. And so mm-hmm. um, I love I love that you have that an inclusive verbiage. And then also, you know, I, I think at the end of one of your um, during the list of all the things that may be the problem or maybe why you're experiencing pain, I noticed uh, an asterisk at the end of of that page. And it says not everyone who is a woman has a uterus, ovaries, fallopian tubes, a vulva or a vagina. Not everyone mm. who has a uterus, ovaries, fallopian tubes, a vulva, or a vagina is a woman. And I was just so appreciative of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. It just like further proves that you and your company know your shit. And I love it. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's true. It's, it's, it's interesting. I always feel like I'm, I'm kind of plagued with like language in that way because on one hand, you, you say like women and people with vaginas. It, it's mm-hmm. it's when, you, when you muddy it too much. Because a lot of our language is really meant to reach a wider audience whereas right. sex toys sex toys are has have historically like kind of lived in this very particular bucket where yeah. a particular pocket people use sex toys whereas we're trying to reach a much more like mainstream audience maybe potentially people who have cancer people who have endometriosis pre and postnatal yeah. uh, folks who might be having complications who might not be ready for a sex toy. So to use, for us to use language that is inclusive, that isn't scary, that isn't hyper eroticized 
is one of our biggest differentiating factors. And I, I do really appreciate that you noticed that. Yeah, um, absolutely. I always love yeah. looking at the details of that sort of thing. It just helps to understand kind of where the company is coming from and um, kind of what they stand for. So, so we yeah. appreciate it. Well, and then, and then again, like going back to what Adam was saying, it's like, how do you market to people who've never talked about these issues before? Right. And that, that is ultimately, that, that is the driving force in, in how we do what we do is we, we try to make it as friendly as possible so that people who don't love their bodies or who don't love they are, don't feel pressure to have these like explosive orgasms or to perform in the best way that you ever saw <laughs> online. Right. You know, it's, it's almost like one of the things we see so often is when people are afraid to have sex sex becomes this very polarizing factor in intimacy, right? So it's, it's not just, are you afraid of sex? Are you not afraid of sex? Are you having sex? Are you not having sex? We start to reject small moments of affection because there might be pressure to have sex. Yeah. So it's little moments of cuddling. It's holding hands. It's kissing for more than two seconds. Mm. It's those things that actually get shut down when we're afraid to, be intimate with our partner. Yeah. So how can we really speak to people who aren't ready for like the big, the big bags <laughs> right. um, in a way. Right. Um, and, and it's, I, I just, I know that experience so well and I know that despair so well that, um, and I'm so grateful for my team to have really adopted that language. Mm. Um, and it's really, it's, it's really just about affirmation and speaking to people as people. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I feel like now that, I mean, you have the, the Onet Instagram where people can look at that and it's, it's almost like a little community in and of itself. Um, yeah. And I love like all the images and again, back to the education, things that even I've learned on that page um, just the Instagram itself. Um, so, yeah. so a job well done there. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> also the reviews too. Yeah. If you look on our website and go to the reviews, it is the most wonderful slice of, of bravery. Yeah. I've seen. People are just so honest about their fears and their complications and their relationships and the triumphs that people feel, even the failures that people find when people, when Ona doesn't work for people, mm. th there's still a sense of gratitude around the fact that the product is still making a difference and the yeah. brand is still making a difference. Yeah. It's, it's facilitating intimacy and openness. Yeah. And it's like, I, I feel like that's, that's everything that you stand for because I mean, all of this is coming from you, right? Like you have your team, but like the, the impetus of all of this is kind of coming from your space and the way that you hold space for people and for yourself, which is super totally. cool. And I love that you have so much enthusiasm still. Like now you're, oh, you're yeah. starting to do some more things too now, right? You're, yeah. It's, it's the pelvic gym. Is that, is that the next move? Uh, oh my gosh. I know I'm running like a million miles an hour. Um, it, it honestly, and, and to your point about staying enthusiastic about it, it really because so many people are just learning these for the first time. And even though we've been doing this for, it's our two year birthday coming up, even though we've been doing this for two years, like Amazing. that revelation for people is huge. And we, and myself and as a team, we feel it every time that someone comes around and advocates for mm. what they deserve. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, before we actually hop into pelvic gym, have, do you guys have an onut? I just want to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah course, absolutely. Oh we yes. You, you use it. You, yes. You talk about that. Yes. Cool. We love it. Um, and it's so cute too. That also helps. I love aesthetic. So <laughs> appreciate that. It's, it's fun to squish. <laughs> it, is. it really is. Yeah. We actually, from a couple, an older couple who was just like, the woman was, was going through menopausal symptoms and she was having pain. And uh, they they were they used I don't think they had much experience with lube and they mm. put too much lube on and they they wrote the funniest email they just like couldn't get the rings on him to stay because they <laughs> their hands were slippery he was slippery the rings, so they bring them all over the room and then they purposefully flinging them all over the room they said that they just laughed so hard and just laughed from your soul oh like, my god. And finally, when they dried dried up and got some of the lube off, they said that they've had the the best sex that they've had in years. Oh my gosh, that's uh, amazing! I love that right? so much. Oh gosh, uh, that's hilarious. I'm right? just I'm just imagining yeah. like just rolling around in lube like everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I would listen, we should all do it at least once. So that, that's what I, I'm saying. I'm pretty sure there's a college <laughs> prank where you just go sliding through the like gym showers with oh, that. Yeah. Slip and slide. I, yes. There should oh, also be a boy. um a what is it a disclaimer or, no, or a warning or whatever on on the back of the the box because <laughs> it, it does to to quote WAP it does make that pullout game weak so <laughs> so it needs to be like use protection if that's where you're headed right now <laughs> yeah 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 oh great my gosh. Tool. all all the disclaimers. Uh, <laughs> But it's, and uh, I forgot, I actually, so I pulled out a box. I have, there's a letter that comes in the box. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that just keeps coming up and it, and it actually ties into pelvic gym is that we want to, and, and Lauren, you mentioned this earlier that through the podcast, you felt less alone mm-hmm. in these experiences that you had previously felt isolated by. Yeah. So the box uh, comes with a letter uh, from me because I felt like it was really important that people know even if the product doesn't work or even if they just come in touch with the brand, that they're not alone. Mm, yeah. So it says a big congratulations, not only on your new owner, but also on all the hard work that led you. The journey is never easy. I tell you with my full heart, you're exactly the way you are. You're a problem solver, a shoulder to lean on, a spreader of joy. You put a lot of love out there and you deserve to live that love you share. So in the spirit of curiosity, embrace adjustments, awkward moments, and small, mighty victories, and know deep down, but not too deep, that you're doing great. Now go play. All of my love, Emily. Mm, I love it. That's so beautiful. And cute and quirky, just like you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just, there's so much wrapped up in sexuality and guilt and um I think that just telling each one of us and us going deep that where we're at is where we are where we should be and nothing is our fault or uh we're not broken there are all these that we say to ourselves that are just not true or not helpful and it is is really the gift that as a person I can share the feeling or the sentiment with everyone that like we're doing okay we're doing the best we can yeah <laughs> and we're doing it together oh i love that it's just so sweet and so heartfelt and 
it really does make you feel not alone. And so really appreciate that and the heart behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no public gym. Yeah. It's like, no one thing leads to the- <laughs> No, for sure. So good. Have you guys, do you guys have any background on it? Tell me, like, if you were to guess what pelvic gym is, like, what do you think it is? Giggles. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like immediately picture that, uh, what's that thing called? Uh, tonal. It's like the mirror that has like the, the workouts on it and it's got oh. the little like resistance weight things but i mean clearly <laughs> or I, don't, like, I don't think uh, that's gonna work entirely for that or like a personal <laughs> trainer for your own uh-huh. personal pelvic pelvis yeah pelvic pain. love it yeah that's what love i it. that's what i think i mean basically i'm gonna scrap all the ideas i have and just do what you guys do <laughs> 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 uh so there's a massive misunderstanding that kegels are the be all end all around pelvic health, right? If anything is wrong, do a kegel. If sex goes, do a kegel. And meanwhile, actually, it, 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 and there's a misunderstanding that that kegels make a vagina tighter. Mm-hmm. Well, why are we obsessed with tight vaginas? There's, like, right. there's all this stuff wrapped up in kegels. Meanwhile, the pelvic floor is responsible for so much. It is the, for, for peeing, for pooping, for holding up the rest of your organs in your pelvis, right. for having sex. Uh, and and it's it's the way that we stand, the way that we lift things, the way that we move, the way that we sit all day. It affects our pelvic function. So at times when we might experience painful sex, and don't know what to do about it, the first person who actually generally is helpful with a diagnosis is a pelvic floor physical therapist. And uh, that is a a physical therapist, as you generally know them, for your vagina. Yeah. So it's someone who's clinically certified, this is a legal profession, to work manually with their hands, externally and internally, to determine like what kind of body function your body needs, like what, what adjustments your body needs. Wow. And it's not like a, a pleasure. It's actually quite, it can be uncomfortable. It can be fine. But, um, you know, in the instance that someone might have scar tissue, mm-hmm. you know, how do you break down scar tissue? You, you massage it in certain ways. Yeah. Um, dilators, you know, you, how can you use different wands internally to make sure that everything, all of your organs and, and muscles aren't constricting? Um, the thing is, but PTs are generally relatively inaccessible. They're generally quite expensive yeah. and sometimes they're really far away. Yeah. So what we've done during quarantine, people were reaching out to uh, Onut as a brand. Like, what do I do? What exercises can I do at home? And we're like, uh, we're not really qualified to give you these answers. <laughs> uh, but we can point them in the right direction. I mean, I'd love to be like wildly versed in all of these things, but I don't want to give people the wrong information. Right. So what we did was I contacted the best pelvic PTs, the presidents of the associations, the folks who are leading the entire industry and ask them to make content that would be helpful in their practice and could be helpful while people are at home. And it just blew up from there. Oh, love that. That's incredible. Yeah. Huge accessibility. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And the cool part is that we get to talk about sex in there too. (laughs) (laughs) So is it like an on, like an online thing or? Okay. So the video platform, so there's different programs that we've built out. Like if you have certain symptoms or if you're trying to uh, like find more hip opener stretches or if you're strengthening post-baby or if 
we're actually building out content right now that I'm so excited about. It's basically flexibility and strengthening based on certain sexual positions. Oh, badass. Love it. Because it's, it's really hard when we don't understand the intricacies of our pelvic floor to go to a site like this and know what to do. That's awesome. Right, because you're like, what do, you, what do I even like search? What do I even put in the search menu? Well, like yeah, without you, watching all 148 videos. Right. Oh, no one's got that time or attention span. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, we've got, there's videos on myofascial release, but it's like, how do you, what is the goal? Yeah. What, what is the objective of watching that? And because we'll lose people and we'll lose interest if, if it's not accessible. And so we're lucky with Ona to have that experience that we can speak responsibly and in a trustworthy tone about sex. Yeah. And then incorporating a sense of movement and flexibility through the lens of a physical therapist, yeah. a trained pelvic PT to actually get results at home. That's for people. amazing. And when does that come out? You said you're working on the content now. Yes. So it actually is it's live. Oh. Uh, <laughs> although we're we're baking out a bit more content for the holiday season this year, this 2020. So where is it live? So, so it's at pelvicgym.co. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. There you and go. Then, you got and, it. There you go. Uh, and membership is is free for the first three months. I mean, we we really just want to get people on the site so we can learn what's most helpful to people. Yeah. Uh, our goal isn't really to make money with it right now. It's just to actually make the best product that we can. For sure. Or the most help, the helpful product that we can really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and if you guys want to check it out and I'm absolutely open to suggestions, if anyone wants to go onto the site mm. and uh, just contact us with the feedback, like that, yeah. it, that would be the most helpful thing on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> you guys heard that. Go check out the app <laughs> and, uh, reply and and yeah. yeah or the website and and mm -hmm. review it and send in all the emails yeah because i'm sure that's yeah. like such a i mean that's not the space that you came from originally right like this right. this is something that came from a a, a personal struggle not from <laughs> mm -hmm. a professional inquiry yeah like it's not yeah. like you were already in the physical therapy world working on pel pelvic floor whatever the word is exercises <laughs> yeah exercises and and then you moved into into sex toys and all of that kind of stuff like it started personal so that's that's yeah. a huge i'm sure help to actually have personal audience other people yeah having an audience reviews. actually test things out and 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 see what it's like to actually interact with the with the yeah. software well and then getting back onto that personal note uh, when I started doing ONAT, I still hadn't been to a pelvic floor physical therapist. Mm. Wow. There's, there's something about it. And I actually am, I actually am still kind of ashamed to say this, but there's something about not knowing there's a security in not knowing what's wrong or something that you, you've, we've almost, you know, when you like, when you hold yourself back or you get used to your bullshit and you hold on to your bullshit because it's something, you know, yeah. Uh, I did that for a while and I actually didn't, I had the resources to seek out public BT and I didn't because I was too afraid to find out that, that there was something, something wrong. wrong. Yeah. You know, it's fine. There's two sides of it. It's like to find out that there's something wrong or to find out that there's something that can be solved. Right. It's like, right. if there's something that can be solved, then, then it's like, what does that mean? You know, it's, it's all of a sudden you're just teasing apart the void that all of a sudden that takes shape in a way that's, scary it's really scary yeah. right time consuming and challenging and and takes a lot of stripping yourself of of that protect protective pride yeah 
Yeah. Even though it's that protective pride that's holding us back. Right. Yep. It's, it's such a, it's such a weird, <laughs> but, uh, you know, ultimately with a platform like this, it's just building that sense of confidence and agency in people so that to, to actually create that sustained behavioral change to create that sense of capability so it doesn't go so long so that we don't have to lean on a crutch that shouldn't be there in the first place. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's all, it's very exciting. I, yeah, it is exciting. <laughs> and then this is something, like I said, like, I mean, I, I truly, I grew up in a medical family. I have very open dialogue with people, but I'm, there's still so, so, so much that I'm learning. And then mm-hmm. even in this conversation, hearing from you that I'm like, wow, she just said exactly what I <laughs> felt. And like, I, again, it just, I reiterating that you're not alone and that you're not weird. And it's, yeah. it, there's, there's help. There's, there's answers, there's reasons and there's community. And um, we just love that you, you kind of are paving the way for people and kind of providing a lot of that, the resources. And so kudos to you. Thank you. And to add to that list of all of the, all of the things available, there are also partners Mm -hmm. who care. Yes. The first, the first question that we get with ONAT is what does it feel like for a partner? Literally Mm. this thing is designed to help an individual who's experiencing pain during sex. And the first question that that person asks is how does it feel or a penetrating partner. Yep. And, and, or, you know, we get asked all the time, how do I bring it up? How do I even start this dialogue? Mm. And just, just know that partners oftentimes want to help. I don't know how. Yeah. You know, imagine, imagine like having sex and, and fumbling around your partner's body that you don't know, but you don't know how to ask. Start to figure out things they do like, but you actually don't know what they don't like. Because there's a fear of offending the, the, the partner or asking. It's like all of a sudden, it, 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 meanwhile, having an understanding of what a partner doesn't like is one of the most connected conversations you can have. Absolutely. Because then you can fully trust and fully relax and just enjoy what's important, which is each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So basically, so, you're saying you deserve a good partner. <laughs> you deserve somebody who treats you well, and I, you and we all deserve somebody who um, we deserve relationships, whether they're you know intimate or or not. We deserve relationships that are honoring um, each other and are also willing to be vulnerable and to care and to nurture and to want to understand um, each other's bodies. And I, I'm really glad you brought that up. That's really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a, it's a fun conversation. It's like, thank you for telling me now I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't have to worry about like, what am I doing? So, you know, and, and then the, also just the idea that this, this experience that we so often internalize and judge about ourselves, we put it outside of ourselves. Mm. It's just like, oh, here's this thing that we can both tackle together. Yeah. Then it's, then it's outside of both partners and it becomes this collaboration. Yeah. Right. Well, and then it becomes like a project and then it becomes <laughs> yeah, something that like you can work thing. on together. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Totally. I mean, and then it becomes rather than framing it as a problem that needs to be solved, it becomes mm-hmm. almost a game to be won. Totally. Totally. <laughs> or just like a challenge to be, you know, it's like, I, I love the words that you just use. You like literally just 
oh, you just nailed it. Uh, we don't like talking about people sex as the problem because problems are like, well, there's yeah, so much yeah. weight to them. Yeah. Or if you have a challenge or if you gamify in some way, or if, you, if it's just, again, if it's this collaboration, yes. then it's, it's not so heavy. And when you come at it from the optimistic perspective, then the outcome is oftentimes that much more positive. Right. Well, absolutely. And like you said, even at the beginning of this podcast, right, you were talking about how the problem always falls to the, the yeah. partner being penetrated. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think if you leave it in that space, if you leave it being a problem for that partner to solve, it's always mm-hmm. going to be there. It's always going to perpetuate and, or yeah. they'll lose steam and just say, it's not worth the struggle. I'll just deal with this. But if you can turn right. it into something where it's, there's no blaming because this isn't something yeah. that's a problem when you can flip mm-hmm. the script and say that this is something that we, that will unite us even more. It'll open up vulnerability in new ways that we haven't yeah. even seen It'll open up conversations around so many other things Not that are in the actual sphere. physical pleasure. And then, right, actual, <laughs> actual physical pleasure yeah. and feeling known and feeling capable. I mean, that's huge. Oh. Amen. I was like, woo. That, I, I'm sta- I, you, I, you guys could not walk around because it would make too much noise. I am literally pacing in the room right now because I'm so amped. Like, Adam, you just... That that is everything, right? That is, that is the whole thing. He's over That's here. Cool. He's fanning himself off. He's heated too. So we're all we're all pumped <laughs> up. We're all pumped up about sexual health. We're all here for it. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. You guys are so wonderful. And I and I also just it sounds like you guys have such a wonderful dynamic yourselves as oh, well. Well, thank you. Thank you. We've loved it. Honestly, like our relationship started watching uh, Brene Brown's uh, vulnerability, vulnerability yeah. uh, TED Talk, and it's just been that ever since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, uh, and her books and her oh, it, her power vulnerability book she's is just tremendous as well. And she's then, a queen. Did, yeah, she's oh, true we queen. could talk about that yeah. forever. I know. Yeah. Well, Emily, this has been so awesome. Um, of course, to our listeners, we definitely want you to, if you are not sold yet, <laughs> please go check out all the things that she does. Um, you know, Onat, we, again, we love, we love the product. If that's something that you, if you're interested, please go check it out on her Instagram, on Onat's, and it's Onat, is that what it is? Co. Just Onat Co. Onat right? Co. Onat yeah. Co. Um, on the Instagram, it has links and all the websites. And then from there, you can pretty much find all the other ones as well um, because that all kind of links to each other. And remember, this is all new. Right. So review, 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 review. Yeah. On, on this, yeah. Especially the pelvic gym one. Yeah. That, that one's yeah. new. Um, but anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time. Bye. bye. Hey everyone, want to take a quick moment to say thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please share this episode and rate and review the podcast as it helps others find this online community. Thanks so much. Now back to the episode.